Our gospel text today is an odd selection of scripture. It is lifted out of the middle of chapter 12 of Luke and contains the end of one parable and the beginning of another, but neither of them in their fullness. We start with, do not be afraid, little flock. This was after Jesus prayed a lovely meditation on the ravens of the air and the lilies of the field, how they grow and delight because God provides. Then we move into a parable about the master of a house who stayed out late at a wedding and his expectations for his servants when he arrives home. The rest of the parable continues for another eight verses in which Jesus expands on the idea of watchfulness and preparedness, but our reading doesn't quite get there. We have these two parts. We begin with a gentle exhortation to not be afraid. And then it ends with what feels like a stern warning to get our acts together, just in case Christ returns at an unexpected time. The tones feel different and abrupt. We are told not to toil in pursuit of wealth or busy ourselves with earthly matters since we trust in God. And then we are told, well, maybe we should be toiling away when Christ comes, and perhaps we should be a little bit afraid, a little more vigilant, ready, aware, alert. I think our gospel selection brings us back to a common and frustrating paradox in the gospels that can account for the change in tone. And the paradox is comfort and mercy on this side and rigorous ethical expectations on this side. Our Christian lives seem to be always boiled down to that tension, right? And today, we are welcoming two new little ones into that life. How are we to model and teach this paradox to them? One of being loved and one of high expectations, right? Baptism brings us face-to-face with this paradox, too. We all promise to serve God by respecting the dignity of every human being, with God's help, of course, while we're also promised by God to be loved unconditionally in return, held in a love so unbreakable that nothing we do or do not do buys, earns, or takes it. It is a gift freely given. How do we reconcile these two things? How should we be? What is God's desire for us? How will we want to look when we must stand before Jesus and account for ourselves and our actions? To be honest, I don't know. I suspect it might have something to do with balance, with groundedness, with equal attention and importance on both grace and ethics. It reminds me of a Disney Pixar movie that came out a few years ago called Inside Out. Inside Out is an animated movie about a little girl and her emotions who are given names, faces, and voices. They're anthropomorphized. The movie takes place entirely in this little girl's own brain, and her emotions are like little pilots sitting at the controls. They control the way that she acts, makes decisions, feels, remembers. They all have their quirks. The characters are joy, sadness, disgust, anger, and fear. 
The point of the movie is to demonstrate how we all need our emotions in order to live a fulfilling life. While we might want to give joy the controls for every moment, that would leave us unable to process tragedy or disappointment or to comfort others. Now, my favorite character in the movie is a little cartoon guy who represented fear. Fear is something I struggle with. Fear is purple, neurotic. Fear wears a sweater vest and has these big eyes in order to be constantly vigilant, right? Doing his best to keep his girl safe. I get him. I get fear. He knew that she should be afraid of certain things, right? Menacing strangers or climbing trees that are too high. Smelling smoke means fire. But we also know that fear can strike at inopportune times when the other emotions don't provide any balance. For a long time, I thought that fear was something that held me back. Because there are times in my life when I gave fear full control of my brain and I put all the other emotions in a box never to be opened. I gave too much trust to fear while also knowing I was likely suppressing joy. I felt that fear would keep me safe. If I could always just be vigilant, nothing bad would happen. But the truth is, is that while we need fear to keep us safe, we also need joy. We learn important lessons from both. The presence of one does not necessarily cancel out the other. This, this movie, Inside Out, touched me because I couldn't help but consider how much all of these emotions loved this girl. Fear loved her, joy loved her, sadness loved her, anger loved her, disgust loved her, her entire brain loved her and was rooting for her. I never considered that before, but it reminds me a little bit about how we are beautifully and wonderfully made by God. We can have paradoxes inside of us as well. It's probably how we were meant to be. We don't have to neatly categorize how we feel. Everything has its place. And what a relief that is. We wouldn't be ourselves without this ability. The Gospels wouldn't be the Gospels without both sides of that equation, right? All of it is working for God's goodness. We are so loved that we can offer love in return. When we offer love, we can feel love even deeper. Both things work towards the same goal, which is goodness and love. So our lectionary reading is strange, but it helps us remember that though the themes in Jesus' teachings can sometimes change abruptly, it is all for good. God's intention is not to tell us just to relax and coast through life because we trust in the eventual promise of abundance, though we should. God's intention is also not to just have us frantically glancing over our shoulders, fearful and wary of being caught doing something we shouldn't be doing. God's intention is for us to find a balance point where we can feel called to do God's work, empowered by the generous mercy and love that God offers. In our lives, especially as Christians, there will be time for grace and there will be time to stretch and challenge ourselves. Both things belong. Both things are for our own benefit. Both things reflect God's love for us and others. In a moment, we will all renew our baptismal covenants. 
while we welcome two new people into the household of God. I invite you to pay attention when we do this to how we are both called to live in light of how loved we are. Both things are true. Jesus challenges us and has high expectations, and Jesus loves us so much, unconditionally. Everything that we feel and experience has a place, and everyone, especially the newest members in the household of God, have a place too, a role to play, a place to belong. That is what we teach them, right? I don't know what it will be like when Jesus comes to earth, but I imagine it will feel complicated, (laughs) uncomfortably wonderful, a little bit like a light in the darkness that blinds us and yet shows us the way. Do not be afraid. Stay awake to this hard and joyful life. In the name of God.